Welcome, cartoon-deprived people, to another episode of Toon Hounds. And this week, we're doing something that I suppose we could have done a little earlier, but, hmm. you know, all good things come to those who wait, right? Yeah. Kent, do you want to tell people what we're doing, Spiv? Uh, we're going to do... I don't know how to say his name, to be honest. Is it Gendy? Gendy. Oh, is it Gendy? Is it, I always thought it was Gendy. I've always Maybe said we should have researched this. Maybe. It's Tartakovsky, though. Tartakovsky, yeah. That one, that's, it's, that's the easy part. Yeah. But yeah, we're doing Tartakovsky cartoons. Say so that three which, times fast. Which um, has become sort of synonymous with Cartoon Network, right? Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, there's I mean, like a hierarchy of people who worked on like Dexter's Lab going on to other projects. Yeah, and, you know, even to the point where... You know, I'll admit that I was a little bit confused last time we recorded because I was convinced that Powerpuff Girls was a Tartakovsky cartoon. No, that was um, Craig McCracken. Be- but because of the way it's animated, the yeah, style yeah. is exactly the same as Dexter's Lab. And even like, you know, you look at Johnny Bravo, you look at... Yeah, that um, was like, it was like Powerpuff the Hanna-Barbera 90s style because yeah. like, Two Stupid Dogs had it as well. Yeah, that's the other one I was thinking yeah. about. Did, um, was Angry Beavers a Cartoon Network cartoon? No, that was Nicktoons. That's why it didn't look like it. Yeah. Because I was thinking <laughs> the only one I can think of. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any more. I'm sure Powerpuff there are. Girls. Yeah, there probably are. This is dead air. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this week we're doing Tartakovsky and Spooty's doing Dexter's Lab and I'm doing Samurai Jack. Now, um, preface, uh, I love both these cartoons, so yeah, it's going to be well. very biased. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say Dexter's Lab was my way back into cartoons. Yeah, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. When we got Cable, uh, which was when I started secondary school, uh, I think I remember saying this, Dexter's Lab was the first thing I watched. Oh, really? And I fell in love with it. <laughs> yeah. um, and then Samurai Jack, I have watched through about five times, maybe six yeah. times. Samurai um, Jack is really good. Like. <laughs> To the point where I couldn't, uh, I found it really hard to pick episodes. Yeah. I, I, when I mentioned it to you, I had a short list of about six episodes that I had to dwindle down to two, which is probably indulgent. I should, probably should have done one, but it's really hard to yeah, pick yeah. a favourite. Um, the one I always, uh, like, there's a couple that I always think of um, that I haven't put on the list. The Scotsman. Mm, oh, yeah, I remember that uh, one. Yeah. The Finale. Um, of the season that came like 10 years after the... Oh, the 2017 one. Yeah, that's really yeah. good, that season. Yeah. Um, and then the literally the first episode with the montage of his training. Yeah. Um, the third episode, which is like the conclusion of the sort of pilot, which is him against the giant beetle droids. There's just so many <laughs> good so episodes. Good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, Spiv, you're going to go first this week. You're going to talk about Tartakovsky. How's this for a tight open? Like three minutes. I know we're doing I've ruined good. it now. Yeah. I've ruined it now by saying it. <laughs> yeah, you but, shouldn't um, mention it. No dawdling. Um, you're going to go first. We're going to talk about Tartakovsky and you're going to talk about Dexter's Lab. So what episodes did you pick? I picked the episodes Beard to be Feared, which so was good. the first episode of season two. And then I thought there are kind of like two different iterations of Dexter's Lab. Yeah. which was the original first two seasons before the movie when Tartakovsky worked on the series as like uh-huh. a director and a producer. And then they did the movie and then it went off air for a couple of years until about yeah. 2002. And then Cartoon Network said, no, we're bringing it back. But Tartakovsky mm-hmm. had left by then to work on Samurai yeah. Jack. So the writing and like the art style and everything completely changes. 
So yeah. I did the episode from season five, season three, episode six, Lab on the Run, which is an odd one. Yeah, it's a Dex really is, odd one. Dex is barely in it. He's in it for like two scenes. And the rest it's, of it is, it's, it's like a soft pilot for two other robots yeah, played like by a, it, Martin Mull and Fred Willard. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, it's so strange to me, that episode, because it's like, it almost feels like part vaudeville. Yeah, it almost it's really feels strange. like some like it hot. Um, <laughs> that sort of, that sort of show that sort of movie it feels like it's sort of weird one but yeah. um they did it quite yeah. a lot in the later seasons mm. where dexter wouldn't be a character like the one yeah right before this one is called a boy named sue which is like mandark's origin yeah. story and dex is barely in that one as well yeah yeah i watched that one as well yeah i like that, that i like that episode one. yeah but um yeah dexter's lab started in in uh 1995 february 26 it was first aired which and it was part of a water cartoon, which was like their, um, I think it was 48 different cartoons were given mm. a chance to have a pilot shown. And then people yeah. would vote to see which one was going to be on it. And the first episode was called Changes. And it was about uh, Dee Dee turns into like a rabbit monster. And it's quite, mm. a, it's, a, it's an odd one. It's kind of like you could yeah. see the beginnings of where the characters were going to go, but they're not quite fleshed out yet. Like Dexter yeah. is very... Um, He's a bit more childish in this one than he is in later episodes. Mm. It's a good, I like the episode though. It's a good, it's a good one. But what cartoon had tons of good stuff on it. Like we could do an yeah. entire episode about what a cartoon. Yeah, probably. Probably should. We stick probably, it on the list. <laughs> yeah, stick it on the list. <laughs> but yeah, it was um, worked on by Gendy Tartakovsky who created, mm -hmm. wrote and directed it. And I believe it started off as a college project for him. Oh. Where he designed a ballerina so Dee Dee was designed first and then he mm. designed a brother for the character that he drew he wanted to be like a polar opposite of a ballerina and ended up being a little scientist nerd yeah and then he um he made the cartoon i think he pitched it to shit what was the guy's name seabert yeah, yeah. yeah i think fred seabert he was the guy who worked at anna barbera and he pitched it to him and said look you can give it a go but we'll stick it on what a cartoon and then see what people think about it and yeah. it ended up being one of their like biggest hits of the nineties. Like, I mean, tentpole for Cartoon yeah, Network. Absolutely, because everybody who worked on this has like moved on to do other things, or like mm. in the nineties ended up being a huge deal. It's like you know, um, there's like a hierarchy of of creators who all worked on Flapjack in the two mm. th in the like, from twenty eight two thousand and eight to twenty twenty. Everybody had some connection to Flapjack. Like yeah. JG Quintel and Penders and Ward were both working on it. And that's yeah. like split off into like Steven Universe, Clarence, Over the Garden Wall, Bravest Warriors, Gravity Falls. Like everything came from from Flatjack. Yeah, this was that because like Kramer Cracking worked on it, and they ended up doing Powerpuff Girls. Uh, mm. Rob Renzetti worked on it, and he did um, My Life as a Teenage Robot and yeah. some other stuff that I can't remember the names of. And uh, one little man named Seth MacFarlane, who uh, yeah. was, was a writer for Dexter's Lab. And he, uh, you know, he didn't really end up doing much, but he had a good start. I mean, I mean he created a very uh, recent uh, cartoon that I think is going to be great. Like, the critics love it. That Turtles cartoon, just... Mm, yeah. I'm going to see it next week. I've um, heard good things. I've heard really good things about it. Have you seen Rotten Tomatoes? Critic reviews of 96% and audience reviews of 98 that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> They're doing all right. Yeah. So 
So um, the first episode that I want to talk about is, I think it might be my favourite Dexter's Lab episode. Uh, it's it for me. It's either this one or um, the Dodgeball episode, which the Dodgeball episode really, is really good. It has a real emotional resonance because it's the first Dexter's Lab one I watched. Yeah, I, I did struggle to try to like pin down which ones I wanted to do from this era mm. because there's so many good ones. Like there's the yeah. Omelette du Fromage episode. That is so funny. That's a brilliant episode. There's all the monkey episodes. Yeah. Uh, the dodgeball episode. Those first two seasons are perfect. Yeah, they they are absolutely perfect. There aren't many, many duds in it. No, it's like when you find that perfect album that you can listen to, like first track to last track. Yeah, yeah. There's not many of those. Yeah, I think I, I probably out of all the, like the cartoons I watched in the nineties from Cartoon Network, I would probably remember most of the Dexter's Lab episodes. Yeah, because it was on all the time. They would put it on like three times in a row. So there'd be like I think 12 episodes at once. Yeah, yeah. Because they were so short. They were like 10 yeah. minutes each, weren't yeah, they? They used um, to do uh, three at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a distinct memory of the theme tune. And it's so... Um, mm. It's like when you smell bread. Yeah, it's like, like Pavlovian. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's... Um, it, just that theme tune is so good. So good. Yeah. Like the Samurai Jack theme tune, to be honest. Yeah. Um, well, so, I am's... Um, probably best work <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably yeah yeah like i remember coming home from school and watching dexter's lab cow and chicken and mike lewinog would be oh, on i in a loved row. cow and chicken yeah. <laughs> cow and chicken i was great. loved cow and chicken i think cow and chicken was the first thing i watched on cartoon network oh there you go like the like, pilot episode but- that they don't show anymore because the um the red guy smokes in it yeah <laughs> It was so funny that show. It was like it was like um, Ren and Stimpy for kids. Yeah, yeah. That's how I used to think <laughs> yeah, about absolutely. cow and chicken. Yeah, because it was like that good level of gross out humour. Yeah, well, it wasn't too over the top, but you could still like no. think, "Oh, I should be really rewatching this," and you'd feel yeah. like cool about yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Do you remember that episode with the weenies? Where it was the musical, the ugliest no. weenie. That that Maybe. one sticks in my that mind. Rings a bell. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's like a hairy sausage. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's so weird. It was such a weird show. Far, really weird. Like far and above the weirdest thing that Cartoon ne- Network ever did. I think. Car- uh, um, yeah, probably. Yeah, cow and chicken. It's crazy that they they did a spin-off. Do you remember the um, yeah. I Am Weasel cartoon? Yeah, that was weird. Oh my god, I Am Weasel and I R Baboon. Yeah, the one the t- of this two episodes of I Am Weasel that I remember. Which were when everybody has a phantom leg and the baboon gets his run over by a car and he doesn't know why he's in such pain. So they have to like go to a phantom leg doctor. And the other one is where everybody thinks that Iron Weasel is the messiah. And he's I like, remember that and he one. Like walks on water and they all run in and sink. And he says, the trick is to walk on the shallow end. <laughs> I loved Iron Weasel. Oh, man. Cartoon Network was so good. <laughs> it like, really was. Just like, and I'm not saying that as a specific moment in time as well, because like that uh, production company brought us Adventure Time, which I think yeah. is possibly one of the best cartoons that's ever been made. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> There's so much good stuff. And like, yeah, I just, yeah, it's such a good show. Such yeah. a good show. Such a good production company. But yeah, God, beer to be feared. So beer to be feared. Um, Dexter is watching an Action Hank movie on the television. Mm. And Action Hank is, he's basically Shaft. He's, yeah. a, he's an action movie hero and he's, yeah. he has to go and rescue the um, the genius supermodels 
from the clutches <laughs> of evil. And there's like a, a running thing in Dexter's lab is that television shows that they're watching inside the show are real. Are real, yeah. Like they're real people. Like uh, yeah. Major Glory and the rest of the, um, yeah. the Justice Friends, they're all real people. So that Action Hank so is a real person. Did and they ever spin that off? No, it used to be on little shorts at the end of yeah, Dexter's they did, lab. Yeah, they yeah. yeah, yeah. And do you remember, oh God, the Puppet Pals one? I think was it called Puppet Pals, where it would be, um, they'd tell a joke and then bonk each other on the head with a, with a yeah. big bat. Yeah. Go bonk. That was probably real. Those were probably real people. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Action Hank is like Dexter's hero at this yeah. at this stage. He doesn't um, show up much past this season. I think they're like, no. just forgot about him. But Which I think, to its discredit, because I, I think Action Hank is a good addition to the like lore of Dexter's the lab. The universe. Yeah. Because yeah. I think it's funny that Dexter is always portrayed as like a little wiener. He's a little wiener mm. boy. He's a nerd. He's not very athletic. He's not cool. But one yeah. of his heroes is Action Hank, like the big action hero. Like he wants yeah. to be like him. I think that's cool. It's that a nice little cool. little uh, characterization. Uh, Dee Dee starts like making fun of him because he's not rugged, and he's um, she keeps trying to fight him because they're having fights on the TV, and he's just whimpering in the corner. She she tells him that he needs to be more rugged. And he's like, how can I? How can I be more rugged? Rugged. <laughs> rugged. What, what? rugged? <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> and he looks on the TV, and everybody's stroking Action Hank's beard and telling him that he's so rugged <laughs> and manly. And then he looks over, and his mom's doing the same thing to his dad because he hasn't oh, shaved was, all weekend. That was, that was weirdly gross. sexual. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Dexter's Dexter's mum has become this sort of like um, yeah she's a milf yeah <laughs> yeah this but like almost like parod parodyable yeah in yeah, sort yeah. of like sex play almost <laughs> yeah um I think Gendy Tartakovsky has a type yeah you can tell like, our mums <laughs> yeah pretty much so um, Dexter decides that to be rugged he needs to grow a beard. But he's a child, so he can't grow a beard. Mm. But luckily, in the past, he built a beard-making machine. It's called like the Beardtron or something. <laughs> I love that. Now <laughs> is finally time to try my Beardatron. He can finally use it. I mean, I would have used it on, like, everything. Yeah, I would as well. Like, do, use give it my, on a, yeah. Give my computer a beard. <laughs> That'd be great, yeah. And I wish they'd done more of, like, a montage of him trying out different looks. Yeah. Because that's yeah, pretty missed, funny, yeah. They missed an opportunity, didn't they, doing that? <laughs> so he gives himself this, like, massive furry beard, like a big curly lumberjack beard, and he yeah. goes strutting down the street and he walks past Fred Flintstone and, and yeah, George Yeah, that was Jetson. weird, and George Jetson, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just there. And he's like, Who he's knows why? Ah, oh, it's great. And he's like strutting down the road and he passes um, Dee Dee and her friends, uh, Mimi and Legally, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> Dee it. Dee Dee, and Mimi, who were playing skipping ropes. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember which one of them says something. But it, it, they do like a joke about Shaft where they do like, yeah, I'm just talking. Shaft parody. Yeah, I'm just talking about my brother and all this. Yeah. And then there's a there's a couple of police officers in their, in their cop car. Who are yelling at so each other <laughs> through the through the comms, like talking through the <laughs> right radio next to each other. Yeah. And one of them is absolutely convinced that Dexter is Action Hank because who else has got a beard that manly? It has who to knows, be him. Man. It must be. <laughs> so they grab him and they take him to this like like dockside warehouse. 
mm-hmm. where there is a baker inside named Foie Gras, who is a French baker. And he's I with, a crew, <laughs> he's with these other it. people. And they are dealing, inverted commas, flour. I love and- <laughs> he uses his little um, Coke nail to yeah. open the bag. And he's like, oh, this is going to make us some good bread. <laughs> We're going to be rolling in dough. <laughs> it's coke. They're, they're coke yeah. dealers. <laughs> yeah, it's cocaine. Yeah. But it's illegal, illegal flour. Mm. And they say, they send Dexter in because there's all like a SWAT. They, the, the, the cop tells him that they've got like the SWAT team outside and all these other people. And Dexter's like, why don't you just send them in? <laughs> because they've only got moustaches. Yeah, no, that's so good. <laughs> Everyone behind him had a moustache as well. Yeah. So they, they, like, toss Dexter through a window to go and stuff all of these these flower dealers. And then Action Hank shows up and he smashes through the window. Mm. And Action Hank and Dexter now have to join forces to fight Foie Gras and the flower dealers, who all use their mighty beards as weapons. Yeah, it's so good. (laughs) There's a guy who's got like a really long blonde beard that flaps around and Dexter and um, (laughs) Dexter tells Action Hank that he's he's really sober. He hasn't got a real beard. It's not, he can't help because it's a synthetic beard. And Action Hank tells him it's not about the beard on the outside. It's the beard (laughs) on the inside. (laughs) And he pulls his beard out to make it really long and ties a knot so that Dexter is attached to the other end of his beard, yeah. <laughs> like in a tag team. Like they're, they're like joined now and they're going to fight crime. And they have to fight all the other bearded men. And one of them's got like the really long blonde beard and they beat him up. One of them's got like a, a beard that like slaps him around. <laughs> it's got like, <laughs> like flaps around in the wind. And they have a fight with him and he manages to knock him out with his own beard. Then there's a, there's a guy with like a really long like wiggly beard like a kind of yeah. like zigzaggy beard who uses it like a whip yeah <laughs> which it's is like, really cool he, he was like the um he looks like the guy you know the guy who's in die hard uh one of the <laughs> the asian um terrorist from die hard who's in like yeah. loads of films yeah he looks exactly like him to the point where i was like are they all based on 80s like, i would I probably are yeah. yeah it wouldn't surprise me and uh, they manage to wrap up his beard inside their own beard and knock him out by like, running yeah. into him. And then they have to fight Foie Gras himself. And up till this point, he's had his beard in like a sheath. <laughs> yeah, a beard sheath. <laughs> he's got a beard sheath and he removes it. And he's got like a sword for a beard. Yeah, it's so good. It's really, it's so stupid, but it's like the best cartoon kind of stupid. Yeah. And they have a fight with him. But Foie Gras isn't prepared for how rugged... Action Hank and Dexter's beards combined are because they're strong enough to break his beard and yeah. it smashes on his on, on their beard. Uh, I love that Action Hank is like uh, laying prone and the guy comes yeah. to stab him with his beard and Dexter <laughs> puts his synthetic beard in the way to shatter yeah. it. It's like, so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> really good. And his beard explodes and they, um, <laughs> you know, everything's great. They've, they've saved the day. Then um, Dexterlite is thrown backwards and he rolls away into the flower. Then some elves appear out of nowhere and say, <laughs> we've, we've been looking all over for you. Mrs. Claus is worried sick. And they throw Dexter into Santa's sleigh. And that's how the episode ends. 
It's so weird. It's great. So strange. It's it's honestly is, one of the best episodes. Yeah, that is that is Cartoon Network to a T, though, isn't it? Yeah, Over yeah. like it's thirty years of just like cartoons that are really entertaining for kids and adults, but re- like batshit insane. <laughs> yeah, absolutely batshit insane. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those episodes where you, they, you can kind of feel that there was a 10-minute time limit that they were trying to hit. Yeah. <laughs> where they thought, oh, shit, we need to end this now. I, I love that about Dexter, though. It's like you yeah, can I see there's, well. there's some themes that are... They want to tell a par- pastiche of a story that already exists. Yeah. Um, the mistaken identity cop trope. Let's do that one, but with Dexter and Action Hank. And it's like, yeah, of course, that's going to work in 10 minutes. Yeah. and it's that, Of course it would. It's, it's it's like a high level of parody as well. Like There's so many mm. like, layers of the things that they're making fun of. Yeah. Like even from the very beginning of the episode where they're watching the movie, it's like a joke on exploitation films of the 70s. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I, I, it's really fun. I really enjoy Action Hank as a character. And yeah. I, I, re- I wish they'd not used him more because he's underutilised. It's only in like four episodes, I think. I think it also this episode shows my favourite side of Dexter, the humble, like, you know, weakling Dexter, mm. rather than yeah. him being super confident, that he then gets the confidence to do something. Because there are a few episodes, you know, like n- n- one in particular that, you know, you, we're coming up where he seems to dick yeah he's an arsehole so yeah he's an he's absolute not really dick and i yeah. don't like um i don't like him when he's a dick i like him when he is vulnerable and you know needs help mm. and yeah. you know dd is the antagonist but you you can appreciate it because she's his sister and a kid you yeah. know there's a really good episode called average where dexter mm. is uh, does an iq test and he finds out that he's got average iq well, it's like a mistake <laughs> and he like get he like tries to sell off all of his lab equipment and everything and he yeah. doesn't want to be a scientist anymore. I think that's yeah. a good episode to show his like vulnerable side. Yeah. I think my favourite Dexter episodes are those sorts where it's kind of like Dexter as a person rather than as the scientist. Yeah. And DD heavy episodes. Dee's such a good character. Because Dee a great character. I think my favourite DD episode, I don't remember what it's called, but it's where she goes into the woods and she meets a Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. And they're like lying in the, in the grass, and they're like they have a montage and skipping through flowers and stuff. And then they're lying on the grass together, and Dee Dee says like, "Sassy, you're my best friend." And the Sasquatch just goes, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think, um, yeah, there are so so many good episodes, like the Muffin King. Oh, that's a do good one. one. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, or the one where their family fish is dying. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. Are there some other good ones? There was a musical episode in one at one point yeah. about the about his birth. That was a great one. Snowdown, which is another good one. You know the um, the one where Dee Dee and Dexter have the snowball fight. Oh yeah, yeah. And Dad's a snowball champion and tries yeah. to pass his. It reminds me of you know the episode of Malcolm in the Middle where um, Hal teaches Malcolm how to skate. Oh yeah, have you ever seen that's that a, one? That's a great episode. That's yeah. the. I mean, that's my favourite episode yeah. of Malcolm <laughs> in the Middle as well. Um, oh, there's, there's just rival the first one with Mandark Dilemma oh, for Monkey. Yeah. Oh god, the first Mandark episode is so good. I'm just running through a list. Yeah, of them do you remember um, the tribe one where he goes to spy on the, spy on his sister and, yeah. and her friends that's like a, that's an early one as well isn't it do you remember he takes the dodgeball suit to japan 
don't remember that one. Uh, it's like really late on. It's like season seven or eight, um, and he's a foreign. Dexter becomes a foreign exchange exchange student in Japan, right. and then he um, accidentally releases a giant monster, and they have to fight <laughs> it. It's like a, it's a complete uh, kaiju situation. There's um, oh, that's another good one as well, where um, Didi turns into a monster. Yeah, that's really that's good. a really good one. There's so many good episodes of Dexter's Lab. Like yeah, there, there aren't many where you think. That this isn't a great one, or not even normally, more this is a bad episode. And normally, if they are, it's normally because you like a certain character, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. This, like you say, there's episodes where Dexter isn't in it, and all the main cast aren't in it, and you're like, "Well, that was good, but it wasn't as good as if Dexter had been in it." Yeah. I think that's a fair that's a fair thing to do, especially as a kid. Yeah, which I think would bring us quite nicely into mm. Lab on the Run. Segway, like Segway. professionals. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is one that I picked because it's after the movie, um, mm. Ego Trip, which is a very good movie. It's very, yeah. it's worth watching. I don't remember if Gendy Tartakovsky had anything to do with it, but mm. it's a it's a good movie. Yeah. Um, in this one, uh, Dexter, it's kind of like a tyrannical fascist in his lab. <laughs> he's like he's walking around like um, berating his robots for not working hard enough. Yeah. Yeah, and this is my biggest problem with this episode. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. the leading by fear thing, and this is what I was saying. Like, I don't like Dexter like this, but like when he crushes that um, robot for dropping a test tube. Yeah, it's it's kind of harsh. <laughs> it's very harsh. And like, <laughs> um, there are two, three robots who um, are in Dexter's lab called Fred, played by Fred Willard. Mm-hmm. Is it Willard or Willard? It doesn't matter. Um, who you probably know from Just Shoot Me. He was in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he was in other things. He play, He was in Community in one episode. Yeah. Um, the uh, first episode is season four when they do it into, into sitcom stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's quite a funny cameo. But I, like, I like, quite like Fred Willard. Well, I did. He's mm. dead now. Rip. Yes. And Martin Moore plays Martin, who <laughs> um, played Gene Parmesan in Arrested Development. Yeah, he's funny in that. He's great in that. I like it. Because I'm a private detective. (laughs) 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 Uh, They they play two robots who are just like slacking off all the time. And they um, they get this other robot whose name I don't remember. Tiny. Tiny is the other robot. uh, To go get them drinks. And they're just like (laughs) lazing around. And Dexter comes over and he's, he's berating them saying, why aren't you working? And all this stuff. And Fred and Martin... Yeah. Think we're not taking this anymore. We're gonna go to America where there's freedom. <laughs> and they through go that secret hole that I found. It's just a ladder. <laughs> it's a ladder. And they come out through the through a manhole and they see a sports car. So look at the curves on that. <laughs> she looks Italian and they run over yeah, and start she looks ju- Italian. They start jumping on a car and then this man in tiny underpants who looks a bit like a pimp, to be honest. Yeah. He yeah. runs out and he's like shouting at them and he gets in his car and chases them down and he's got like a direct line to the cops. And he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, so, yeah, that was so stupid. <laughs> he's um, he's uh, text talking on the phone while driving, which that's mm. not on. But well, maybe in 2002, they didn't know how cars worked yet. So <laughs> I'll give maybe, them the be- benefit maybe. of the doubt. Nobody had yeah, ever been did- hit by a car at that point. They didn't know that you had to pay attention to drive in the 90s. Yeah. 
Um, so they they get chased by the cops and they end up hiding in a biker bar. I'm going. I'm just running through this really quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They end up hiding in a biker bar, and um, Martin accidentally misgenders a man at the bar mm. who isn't very happy about it. And they're about to as, beat he, him up. as he shouldn't be. As he shouldn't be. And they're about to beat him up, and they end up on stage and get a guitar <laughs> and they start playing a song called "Riding That Hog." <laughs> It's so bad. The song is, is so terrible. It's a terrible, it's a really awful song. But I remember this so vividly yeah. from being a kid. Like being 11 years old and watching Dexter's Lab. Like every single part of this episode out of any post movie is the one I remember the most. Mm. And I don't really know why. Because it like, was weird. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it is just because it was so strange that that's why it's stuck in my head so vividly. Mm. Because I remember, like, singing this song at school with my friends. That's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> now, would you say that as, not as a Dexter's Lab episode, but as a cartoon of just any kind of cartoon, like it's, say this was like a soft pilot for another episode, another series, mm. is this a good episode? I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> I'm struggling. Because as I watched it, I was like, I remember this episode and remember liking it. And then it felt like some like it hot or something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. like I said. And it was like, is this good? Is, is this it? a good episode? Because I honestly don't know. I can't I tell. Think, I think it's it's hampered slightly for me by the fact that it's got Dick Dexter at the start. Yeah, yeah. He's ter- um, a then, really awful character at the start of this. And then, oh, the character's interesting enough. Does enough happen? It's still yeah. entertaining. It's still yeah. funny in places. Um <laughs> I think maybe our sensibilities have changed, so misgendering someone isn't as funny as we, you know, mm, once would yeah, have thought yeah. it possibly was as kids. Like, oh, he's called a boy a girl. Isn't that funny? And actually it's, you know, it's the, the antithesis funny. of yeah. funny. <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah. Um, it's stupid. So uh, it's just, it's weird. I don't get why things are happening, I think. I think I'm confused by this episode. Yeah, it's a, it is a confusing episode. It's weird that it's called Lab on the Run. Yeah, because it, I mean, I'm assuming it's meant to be a joke on. Oh yeah, definitely band on the a run. Band on the run. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't make any sense. It's not even like the entire lab. I would have called it like robots on the run or something. Yeah. Robot rampage or. Yeah, I mean, it's not even. It's not even. They're not even on a rampage. They don't even make the most of their. They don't seem like they're free for very long. No, they don't. No, they're they're well, ten minute episodes. Yeah, I, I, well, I don't yeah. think it should have ended with Dexter coming to get them. No, they should have been free. Yeah, they should have gotten in that Italian car and drove off yeah. into the sunset. Yeah, into the sunset, like, yeah. um, you know, Thelma and Louise style. Yeah, off a cliff. No. <laughs> yeah, that would have been off a cliff. Yeah. Who Maybe rode that's into what they the should sunset? have done. I can't remember. Romy and Michelle? Um, did they do that? I don't know. Is it, it's got to be a Western thing. Yeah. Shane? Did Shane, Shane ride off Shane into does. the sunset? Shane well, rides off into the sunset. Like, Shane! Shane! <laughs> Shane <laughs> so annoying. I would have shot that kid. <laughs> That's harsh. Well, it's so annoying. He is an annoying child. Yeah. Shane! He's already said he's got to go, kid. Just let him fuck off. He's yeah. got things to do. He doesn't want to hang around with a stupid kid all the time. <laughs> do you know? Uh, yeah. This is a point, actually. This is something I was thinking about when I was watching Samurai Jack. Mm. There aren't any cowboy cartoons like that. Like Samurai Jack? Yeah, like a roaming, vagrant guy. Like going town to town, sweeping through and solving problems. Because hmm. that seems I, like a very cowboy sort of thing. Like it's a bit of a trope, but I can't think of any cartoons that ever like tackled it. No, 
Um, I mean, Brave Star was a car- cowboy cartoon, but it's very sort of like in its place, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like a, a sci-fi western rather yeah. than like a straight western. I think cross genre is the way to go with cartoons. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you know, the we'll talk about it in a bit, but like yeah. the retro futurism of Samurai Jack is sort of what stands out for me. Yeah, um, more than anything else. Like you've got mythological monsters and talking mm. dogs, but you've also got yeah. like Vikings and like long boats and things like that. Yeah, um, it's um, uh, off the wall swarming with magic robots. Yeah, but a grounded yeah, series. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so it's like a bit of everything. It's like you've you've somehow taken a bit of paint from every pot and somehow mixed a colour that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, Trying to like um, compare the first Exes Lab episode with this one. It's like two different shows. Yeah, there's like a noticeable change in the art direction. Mm. Like I think Tartakovsky has a sort of like Art Deco style to it. Yeah. With um. Lots of thin outlines or like painted backgrounds and mm-hmm. very tall, like monolithic buildings. Yeah, juxtaposed with like lots of angles. Yeah. He likes yeah. his characters to have angles. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And it becomes sort of like almost like postmodern art deco. Like it's not it's not got the swirls and the arches. Mm, it has yeah. in the backgrounds, but in the characters themselves there's hardly any curves. Yeah, They're exactly. all sort yeah. of like rectangles. long L's yeah. or rectangles. Or, yeah. Um, Tartakovsky's like character design um, takes off from, you know, the circle, square and triangle mm-hmm. thing of character design. Like a, a, a rectangle is like a sturdy character. Yeah. And a, a circle is a more uh, like yeah. comedy character and it's a lot mm-hmm. fluffier. Like he, he uses that very, very well in his Absolutely. character designs. Like everything is a, like Dexter's a square. <laughs> yeah. That's all he yeah. is. And Dee Dee's a really tall rectangle. Yeah. I, it's great. Um, I love that sort of thing. But I was yeah, thinking, this could be why you thought Powerpuff Girls was a straight Tartakovsky cartoon, because of Professor yeah. Utonium. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the same design aesthetic is used. That yeah, it is. Yeah. You instantly understand who the character is based on their geometric designs. Yeah. And it's um, they're silhouette characters as well. Yeah. You can oh, recognise everybody in a silhouette. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which is so important, um, but so difficult to get right. Yeah. It just, this show has a, it will always have a place for yeah. me. It's like the, it was like the step back to thinking cartoons were cool. Because my, I, my brother was kind of like, I want to watch some cartoons. And I was like, eh, we've got cable. Do we want to watch cartoons? And he was like, yeah, I want to watch Cartoon Network. We could be watching, watching Wings. <laughs> <laughs> And um, he put Dexter's Lab on. on. <laughs> Equalizer. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, he said, like, everyone's talking about Cartoon Network at school. He was like five and yeah. six or something like that. And he put on Dexter's Lab, and I was just like, I instantly fell in love with it. Um, it's just so good. It's so much fun. It is, yeah. Um, yeah. It's the sort of cartoon you wouldn't mind sitting down with your kid to watch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, like there's something for everyone in it. The voice change bugged me. Yes, it was... Um... Jarring. Yeah, so weird. There is an yeah. edge to early Dexter voice, that, that mm, sort yeah, of like yeah. Russian edge. Yeah. That is so good. Makes him seem exactly like a r- mad scientist. Yeah, I love the, uh, um, the uh, reasoning behind the accent. 
when, when oh, um, I don't know this. It, it's just all well-known scientists have got accents <laughs> it's literally I the mean, reason yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah even if you use someone like Stephen Hawking his voice yeah. as such as it is is very distinctive yeah <laughs> yeah that's, <laughs> that's pretty fun. clever actually yeah um, it, it's apparently uh, partly based on Peter Laurie but I don't really see it no I, yeah Peter Laurie's voice is so distinctive yeah I don't see it. I think that is just someone making something up for an I article. I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, what would you give Dexter's Lab? As Beast? a whole, like the, the the entire series, 10 out of 10. Like it's one of the best yeah. Cartoon Network cartoons. It's one of the best cartoons of the 90s. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, it, it won so many awards. It got like three Annies. It got like Primetime Emmy, Emmy Awards. It got Golden yeah. Reel Awards. It was like everybody loved Dexter's Lab. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, I think it's a nine for me just basically because I didn't like some of the changes they made after the movie. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's still so iconic to me. Um, I just can't I can't fault it, really. No, It's no. just the changes, and the changes are for production reasons. I understand that, so it's pro- yeah. probably not fair. But um, it's so iconic. I think it stands up so well. Like, yeah. it, there's nothing to date it. Yeah, I, th- I think, like, the current... Uh, era of cartoons that we're in because we're in pretty much like another golden mm. age of TV animation yeah, at the moment. Like absolutely. everything that's created is just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah since I think probably a, She-Ra. Yeah, I think a lot of it around that time. If you like go, time. if you like go like far, far, far enough back, it probably all does come back to Dexter's Lab and the people who worked yeah. on this, or like the people watch making cartoons now would have watched Dexter's Lab as kids. Mm. I think it, well, I think it then, owes a lot. Yeah. If you go even further back, because Tartakovsky works on Batman the Animated Series, yeah. So yeah. you could link that back to you know like the Bruce Tim, yeah. Rev- uh, you know revival of like comics, uh, cartoon series that work for both adults and children. Yeah. And then you know you link that back to you know Looney Tunes, and then that links back to Hanna Barbera. You know. Yeah, everything's got like there's like a path through to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Time's a flat circle. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, this is, I think it's a good time to say, um, stand with the strikers. Like, <laughs> give them their, <laughs> give, give them what they want. Because uh, oh we need, yeah. we need writers, we need the actors, we need the VFX, we need animators. Like, just stop being greedy and yeah. give them what they want. Because I know that people who work at Disney listen to this show. We've, um, we've talked before that half of our listenership is from California for some reason. Yeah. yeah so we know, we know you're listening. So listen um, to your old pal Spivzy and <laughs> stop being an arsehole and give them your 0.02% of your fund, you dickheads. Yeah, what is, yeah, when Bob Iger gets something like fucking $4.8 billion or something like yeah. that, um, he can afford to, to sacrifice. I do not understand this. I, I do don't not either. understand this. So, like Shell made $3.9 billion prof- uh, pound profit this week in a time of people struggling to yeah. pay their bills. Fuck off. It's insane. I was looking because I was quite, in- I was interested to see what like the uh, top 10 films of like decades ago were to see if mm-hmm. I could find it with Tommy. Earliest I could find was 1977. Right. Where, which was, you know, when Star, uh, Star Wars was on. Yeah. And Star Wars was obviously the biggest one. But yeah. in its initial run, I think it made $130 million at the box office. Right. Which, which was that's a insane. huge amount back then. Yeah. But now, if something made $130 million, you think, oh, that was They'd a bomb. cancel it. Yeah. They just wouldn't bother anymore. 
The Divergent films, I was reading about this yesterday because this fascinates me that they've just left that franchise. I'm not a Divergent fan. I don't oh, yeah, know yeah. much about it. Um, oh, it's crap. I've but, read the books uh, are terrible. Right, okay. <laughs> but, like, leaving a leaving a production like that in limbo yes, on yeah. a cliffhanger, it's just, like, obscene to me. And it's like... They did the that, same that with film, Narnia. It's so, it's so strange. Yeah. But the, the final film, the first part of the last film, still made... 98 million dollars yeah it's it's, it's deemed a failure it's still i don't made a understand profit. it i don't get it it's so weird it's so strange just and make then, it and then they do stuff like cancelling cowboy bebop after a week yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely insane absolutely I'm so insane. stupid um should we take a break and yeah. we'll come back and talk about samurai jack yes and I let's will... do that Try my best not to cry at how awesome it is. <laughs> okay, see you in a minute. All right, see you in a minute. Bye. Legend tells us of a mighty warrior named Samurai Jack. He comes from a distant age, but was thrust forward through time by the deceitful Aku. Jack wanders the strange lands alone, searching for a way home, helping those who need him along the way. Though Aku tries to destroy him and break his spirit, Jack never loses hope. For one day he knows he will find a way to return home and release the world from Aku's evil grip. Watch Samurai Jack on Cartoon Network. Welcome back, Toon fans. Um, we're going to talk about... We'd, well, we're talking about Gendi, Gendi, whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, Tartakovsky. <laughs> we and, should look that up, really, shouldn't we? Yeah, we, but we're lazy. Yeah. Uh, specifically, his work for Cartoon Network and Adult Swim, I guess. Mm. Um, so I picked uh, Samurai Jack. It, when we talked about it, it was an instant for me. Yeah. Um, uh, much the same as I think Dexter was an instant for you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Samurai Jack is animation perfection to me. It is maybe one of the best pieces of animated media that's ever been made. Yeah, absolutely. For me, there's there's three shows um, in modern animation. I say I mean modern after anything after sort of the prime heyday of um, Merry Melodies and Looney yeah, Tunes yeah. and Hanna-Barbera. I'm counting that out. Yeah. But there are three shows post that era that are just iconic and invaluable. Dragon Ball Z, yep. Batman the Animated Series and Samurai Jack. Yeah. Those They're are all the three. pretty similar as well. Pretty similar yeah. character designs in each show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, for anyone who doesn't know, Samurai Jack uh, was created in, well, aired in 1996, uh, based off of a few franchises, you know, mm. uh, action action films of the 80s, uh, uh, David Carradine's Kung Fu, um, Frank Miller comics, uh, Tartakovsky is a big Daredevil fan. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't uh, he going to so, do a cartoon at some point? I, I think I remember reading that somewhere. I th- well, yeah, I think he was going to go in into 90s. comics as well. Yeah. Um, that would have been good. Shown that that would have been good. Um, so the story is about, essentially, a son of an emperor in Japan 
who uh, whose dad, the emperor, was given a, a sword, a katana that can cut through anything that was forged by Ra, the god <laughs> Ra, the god Rama, and the god Odin um, to destroy a shape-shifting demon god called Aku, um, who is one of the funniest characters I love Aku. that there's yeah. ever been. Everyone loves Aku. <laughs> Everybody um, loves Aku. He's evil, but he's evil in the right way. Like like the classic evil characters that you know and love. Skeletor, yeah. Mumra, uh, Cobra Commander. He's of that same ilk. Um, but he's um, he's a lot more effective than any of those. Oh, absolutely, like he, yeah. Like he's he's yeah. an actual villain. <laughs> yeah. He, he wins in the first episode. Yeah. So um, Jack's... Sorry, the, the prince, his name is not Jack. No, it's um, not, no. Uh, is... Aku is let free accidentally and begins to take over Japan. And uh, the prince is sent away by his mother to train in montage for a few <laughs> years in order to wield the sword and kill Aku. And um, he, before he can um, land the killing stroke, uh, Aku sends him into the future, which doesn't make any sense. We might have been just a spur of the moment what magic spell can I use sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, they it might have been a that. sort of like reflex thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he sends the prince into the future where he is given the name Jack by some street toughs who say, yeah. hey, Jack, where are you from? Where are you from, Jack? Um, and he takes <laughs> it on. Um, and he has to find a way back to the past yeah. to kill a coup, um, as the title sequence tells you. Yeah, got to um, get back. Back to the past. Back to the past. Samurai, Samurai Jack. Jack. <laughs> um, it aired from... 2001 to 2004 was broadcast, um, and then about 11 years, 13? Yeah, it was 2017 that came, it came back. 2017. Came back yeah. um, on Adult Swim for a fifth season, which is just, it's, it's much more adult, yes, much more yeah. mature, um, just as good though. It's now, oddly good because a lot of the times when they will bring back a cartoon after years, it's a bit lackluster. Like it, yeah. it feels too much like they're trying to make it mature, but it yeah. worked perfectly with with Samurai Jack. It's like the people who watched it when it was coming out are have aged with the show. Yeah, it's so yeah. It, the the fifth season is so good. Well, Jack's also aged because he's yeah. he's yeah. twenty five in the first season. He's yeah. seventy five. Yeah, but By he's the time, stopped aging, hasn't he? He stopped of his aging because he's out yeah. of time. Yeah. Um, the show is silly. It is, And yes. uh, amazing <laughs> yeah. and poignant. It's and so stylish. And stylish and is about friendship and lessons and not judging books by their cover. Um it's it's amazing. The setting is, um, well, I, I said already, like um, almost like dy- like a dystopia, but mm. retro future. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, yeah. There's like you know, there's Vikings, robot Vikings, and space Spartans, yeah. and Highlanders, <laughs> and um, animals that talk, and uh, there, there's demon a, um... mythical gods. There's really good use of colour in the uh, like setting and everything in Samurai yeah. Jack. Like when like reds and blacks are used a lot to yeah. be battlefields. Yeah. And it's done really, really well. Like <laughs> it's it's hard to like properly explain how good the background design of Samurai Jack is. Because mm. every new place he goes to is so distinct compared to everywhere else, but it's so noticeably from Samurai Jack. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like the snowfield in the Blind Archers episode. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, it's insane. And they spend so long. This is the cartoon that I feel gives itself time to breathe. Yeah, and let yeah. you lets you take in the animation because it's it's beautiful. It's yeah, absolutely um, beautiful. There's a lot of long periods of silence, like no yeah. dialogue in episodes. Like that and happens some, very often. Somewhere there's no dialogue whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you know the reason why I picked the first episode I'll talk about, which is called what's its official name? Uh, yeah, it was episode seven. Seven, Jack and the Three Blind Archers, which yeah. is, I was going to pick this or the third episode of the season, but the third episode of the season is all action, and I didn't want to mm. pick an all action episode. Um, so uh, the episode starts with a Viking chief and his army of robo-Vikings yeah. marching through a snow field. Um, it's not snow, actually, at the start, is it? No, it's not snowing at the start. No, no it's because there's a there's a time skip when, yeah, before it starts it's, snowing. It's um, yeah. like a, a barren sort of like what are they called like a clearing in yeah. a forest uh, with a long uh, like a tower, and it's the tower of the fabled well of King Osric, which King Osric was a thing, right? Yeah, he was a real person. I'm sure, he was. Yeah. It was it was a Norse king, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they they march onto the field, and all of a sudden, a rain of arrows. Um, litters the sky like that scene from Three Hundred. Yeah, um, yeah. And the arrows are destroyed. Uh, the arrows destroy every single Viking apart from the Viking chief. And I think yeah. only in a way that would let them let him go back and tell people not to go to the island. Yeah. Um, um, I think a, th- a thing you have to point out with Samurai Jack is that every villain that is destroyed in the show is a robot. Yes, because it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, they weren't allowed yeah. to show blood because it was no, Cartoon and, Network. Until yeah. Adult Swim. Yeah. So, you know, I thought that was quite funny, that everything he fights is a robot. But it's um, it, it's, it makes sense because Aku is in the future. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, there'd be robots Tartakovsky, everywhere. Tartakovsky basically wanted to make a samurai series. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. He, he couldn't because he knew that that would involve a lot of blood. So he just said it in the future. It's genius. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So Jack is like, you know, nearly a year into his ordeal in the past at the moment. And he is just, he's like Kane from Kung Fu, wandering from place to place, writing wrongs <laughs> until he can find a way to get back home. Um, and he overhears the chief talking um, in, in someone else's chair because he's supposed <laughs> yeah. to be um, cleaning about the tale of being deposed as the Viking chief. And um, then he gets on a boat and goes mm. to the island. And the guy tries to warn him, like, the the three archers will kill you. And Jack goes anyway because he yeah, doesn't care. He's yeah. too... There is an element of arrogance to Jack in the, because he is the perfect warrior. But is it arrogance um, or is it confidence? I, well... Because I don't think he's arrogant. I think he does know that he's yeah, capable of right. doing it. You're right, you're right. It, yeah, it may come off to those who don't know him as arrogant, but it definitely yeah. is confidence. He knows he can do it. But I think, actually, what he knows he can do is understand a situation and get to the... Because yeah, he's a yeah. good man. Yeah. I think that that's, is a... That, yeah, that's a, an important part of his character. Is that he's he good. is an honourable, um, caring man who, when I talk about the second episode, is free to admit that he doesn't know everything. Yeah. Um. So Jack tries to uh, approach the tower and is shot by arrows. <laughs> and you have that thing where his toes separate because That's they try so cool. and... That's so cool. It's very good. 
Um, <laughs> and then Jack thinks, oh, okay, so there's archers on the tower. And he tries to blind them with his sword, mm. but is driven back again. And he doesn't understand what's happening. And he drops his straw hat to the ground. And as it hits the snow and compacts it, it is shredded by arrows. Yeah. At, like destroyed by arrows. So he realises that the archers are all blind. Yeah, they're working then, by sound. Yeah. Which is really clever. Yeah. And you see that they're like Egyptian like analogues for Anubis. Yeah, yeah. They, like, they're all in black. They're blind. They've got the long beard, um, pointed nose like an arrow. Um, so Jack meditates under a tree, essentially, and thinks back to when he, uh, he oh, needed you, you, to you learn. Oh, you missed out the absolute coolest part of the episode. What, what when, bit? Um, what bit? They fire an arrow at him, and he flicks the hilt of his sword. Oh, yes, because that's just for the break, isn't it? He's <laughs> yeah. pinned to a tree, and he pulls the sword out, and it flicks up and splits the arrow in two. It's so cool. <laughs> it's really clever um, and really stylish as well. Yeah. Um, I was thinking this while watching. This show was wasted on children. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this should so not I've, have been on Cartoon Network. <laughs> this is... I'm going to bury my lead completely here. Um, this show is almost like what I'd imagine a kid's version of Twilight Zone to be like. There's a lot of, like, um, creative problem-solving, twists, you know, like, you, you see a situation or a problem to be solved in one way, but you, through thoughtfulness and realisation, you understand that there is another way. Yeah. He's never, Jack never comes into a situation unless it's like a battle. Yeah, um, yeah. With a clear view of what he's going to do. And yeah, I think and he it always makes him lovable takes the time. He always takes the time to improve what he knows yes. and goes back with a fresh mind to tackle yeah. it again. So this is this is exactly where we are. Yeah. He, ta- <laughs> he meditates, blindfolds himself and then listens to the environment around him. He understands, he's one with nature. And then, the weakest part of the episode, he just runs at the tower. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, He he can hear the pull of the arrow and knows when when to turn um, and dodges, arrives at the tower, and then Jack stands in between them and makes a noise so that they all fire at each other. He jumps out of the way and the suits uh, that are around the archers dissipate and fall into the well. And then yeah. he realises that, oh, there's there's, obvi- there's three Egyptian archers who come back in the finale. Oh, do they really? Um, yeah, they're, what, yeah, they're some of the people that help him um, <laughs> against uh, Aku in the final when he's with Ashi. Um, sad. Um, but... So there's a well in the middle of the tower and they, they say that they, they wanted to be like great warriors. Mm, yeah. Um, and they monkey's were given... Paw. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's a monkey's paw. They warn him that if he wishes to go back into the past, something bad is going to mm, happen. Yeah. Uh, the well which, spirit will it, change the If you think wish. about it, kind of did, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, at the, at the very end. So yep. they were right. <laughs> yeah. It's sad. Um, so yeah, but the whale granted their wish and robbed them of their sight and minds in order to serve as its guardians. They would have done the same with Jack and Jack is furious. Yeah. Um, not 
because yeah. he's lost yeah, exactly. an opportunity. Yeah. Lost because the people were enslaved. Yeah. Um, he's angry at the injustice that was served to other people rather than the yeah. injustice served to him, which is, that's a great hero moment. Absolutely. And then he says that his only wish is to um, for the spirit to be destroyed and never claim another innocent. And then he plunges his sword down into the black uh, oil of the well. <laughs> and um, yeah. And then Great. Jack just leaves um, and the archers proclaim him like the greatest of warriors. <laughs> Which is what happens a lot. Yeah. Everyone is in awe of Jack because he's such a nice person. Yeah. I like... Um yeah, there's a lot of uh, Samurai Jack episodes which are kind of uh, fairy tale folklore based, which mm. you know that's always my jam. And this is a good yeah. example of that with like the uh, the legend of the well and all that stuff. And the, 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 the three arches, there's always threes, threes yeah. and sevens, three blind yeah, like mice, kind of which yeah. is very weird. Yeah, um, they, they seem like three blind mice. It's just such a good episode. To it's a really good one. Like, yeah, it's um like if you could give someone a um. What is Samurai Jack about? This yeah, is a, a really good... King good Osric is from Conan the Barbarian. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> there must be a real King Osric, surely. King Osric is the ruler of Zamora. There's a guy called Osric in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, so he might have been a real person. He might have been a real person. He might have been. <laughs> uh, the facts on this episode. The Well of King Osric is likely named after King Osric from Conan the Barbarian. The king of the city of thieves, one of several homages to the 1982 film within the show. It's pretty good. You know, I always forget that like Conan, Conan the Barbarian has like lore and like <laughs> mythos. I always just kind of think of it as being Conan just wandering around, like beating people up, being a I barbarian. Think, I think that's the best way to do lore. Yeah. Like it's wandering generals yeah, finding them, yeah. finding about it. Um, it is a lovely episode. It's just really beautiful. Um, it's like uh, on a snowy background, um, like it's thoughtful. You're on the edge of your seat the whole time because you know there's this impending threat. It's such mm, a yeah, simple premise. Yeah, um, it, yeah it's... It, um, I, I like the like flashback sequences as well of him learning, yeah. of remembering him learning basically the same thing as he is now, yeah. but now he's got to do it by himself. I think yeah. it's a good like uh, juxtaposition between these two, him in the future and him in the past. It's good. Yeah, it is really good. The second episode is slightly different. I for, loved this episode. It's really good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. uh, did you remember it? Um, I didn't to begin with, but when the uh, the tribe tribes people start fighting back, I thought, oh yeah, I remember mm. this one. Yeah, it's um, seven samurai and analog. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, one hundred percent. But um, basically, Jack is Jack is fighting Aku at the start, and he's trying to reach a time portal, and Aku is holding it above his head, um, <laughs> yeah. so he can't do it. He jumps, he can't reach, and then Aku turns into a bird and taunts him, and then tells him he can't jump. Um, and then later, Jack is eating dinner in a forest, and a caveman <laughs> drops down, steals his supplies, and then jumps away. And um, Jack chases him down, thinking that he's uh, like a horrible wild man, but he's actually, um, yeah, he's, he's, a big, he's actually just a big softy. Yeah, he's a big fluffy man. Yeah, he's lovely. Um, so, um, but the jumping prowess of this man makes it look like he can fly. <laughs> yeah, he um, jumps. 
he jumps good. <laughs> yeah, he does jump good. Um, so Sat, uh, Jack talks to the. I don't think the guy has a name. The wild. Man, I don't. Does he? I don't remember them naming him. No, um, I don't. I don't really remember. He tells. He asks him about how how he jumps and things like that. And the man takes Jack back to meet the tribe, who are like primates. Yeah. Um, and it's the you know the Mowgli analog again. You yeah, George of the Jungle. Yeah, George of the Jungle, Tarzan, um, and. Yeah, he says that their their ability to jump good was a oh, so funny. Uh, <laughs> their ability to jump good was what um, was was taught rather than uh, a genetic thing. It's to help them tr- like move around in their forest home and evade their enemies. Yeah, um, and then red apes suddenly attack mm. uh, and try and steal their food, and um, Jack defeats that rival tribe. And then offers to teach the blue apes how to defend themselves in exchange for them teaching him how to jump. Yeah. So he shows them how to like set traps and <laughs> use bow staffs and spears. Um, and they tie him down with rocks and make him do squats. <laughs> yeah, they, they could have called this episode Jack Gets a Hernia. Yeah, exactly. But it's so obvious, but it's just so sense. It's so yeah. clever. I think um, it's quite funny that the um, the blue apes won't fight against the red apes because they mm. are pacifists. Yeah. And they, like, they're into nature. I think Jack just says, like, but have you tried fighting them? And they go, yeah. oh, no, I haven't. That's a good idea, yeah. actually. <laughs> Just, but it's a fight in self-defence thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't yeah. try and... There are a few episodes like this. But they, they like do this. absolutely kick ass at the end. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, he teaches them to fight when they have to, which I think yeah. is a very samurai way to be, right? It is, yeah. yeah. Um, so Never make he, um, any more moves than are strictly necessary sort of exactly, thing. Exactly, exactly. Um, so Jack thanks them um, after he gets big thighs um, <laughs> and leaves. And as he's leaving, he hears the sound of the red apes attacking the tribe again. And he runs back only to discover that the blue apes have taken this lesson to heart and already have defeated their attackers. Yeah, it's um, a great sequence of the fight. It's really apes. great. It's really it's fun. It's really great. But you think that like something bad is going to happen. And then when he gets there, they've already beat them. Yeah, <laughs> um, my favourite thing that they do is where they fling them into the distance yeah, they with catapult catapult. Them. <laughs> yeah. Um And then Jack doesn't need to say anything, he just smiles and yeah. walks away uh, knowing that he's taught someone to defend themselves. Um, and then Sa- uh, Jack catches up with Aku and Aku tries the same thing, lifting the portal <laughs> up in the air and... Um, Jack leaps up with his sword drawn and Aku says, Samurai fool, your efforts are in vain again. This <laughs> gateway into the past is once more beyond your reach. You can fly! <laughs> <laughs> and Jack says, no, jump good. And, it's, and it cuts to black and it is so good. Great. Brilliant. So good. What, uh, I loved it. I thought, it's, oh, this is great. I love Samurai Jack now. <laughs> um, it... These two episodes couldn't be more different in the sort of like Jack on his own, Jack teaches someone how to do something, Jack is strong, Jack is weak, but they are, they're just like the two halves of his character. Yeah. He cares about people and it's really super obvious, but told in such the the, the barest of ways. These, the cartoons are like, um, 
myths. They're like mm, yeah, campsite yeah. stories. That's what they always reminded me of as a kid. Like that sort of like reading the tales of the Greek gods and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and Tartakovsky does action scenes like no other animator. They're um, really good. Really good action scenes. Yeah. Um, I, think it, it's, I think it's the angular aspect yeah. of his character's house because everything looks fast when they move. Yeah. And it, he, you can tell he loves anime. You can tell yeah. he loves oh, graphic yeah. novels yeah. because they're... Like, if you pause it at any moment, it looks like you've taken a comic off the screen. Yeah, especially um, that bit where um, Jack is jumping across the treetops when yeah. after he learns how to jump good. And he's silhouetted. That's a really yeah. good, good sequence. I think... Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. There's lots of little montages. In, there's a montage in every episode of Anime, uh, anime Jack, Samurai Jack. Anime Jack. Um, <laughs> and um, it's very... Everyone is sort of like, Jack learns a lesson. Mm, yeah. Which I think is really important for a kid's show, but also really well hidden so that it's law building. Yeah, it's like um, Jack just getting better at what he does over time. Yeah. So, yeah, I like it. It's good. I think what makes Samurai Jack stand out in like this like multitude of good animation techniques and um, like all the technique around it and all the style and all the substance is the story, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, the sense of... It's, it's going to sound pretentious. It's going to sound pretentious. It's like something that doesn't get explored in kids' cartoons very often. Well, the, a lot of times it's because it's syndicated. Yeah. We, yeah. But, I mean, Samurai Jack was syndicated, but uh-huh. they the way the story works in Samurai Jack is it doesn't feel like you need to have seen any of the other episodes to get what the show is yeah. about. Yeah. I mean, he's searching for this world without a coup. And it's almost like that you can never go home again feeling. Yeah. Like, is the world like that? Or has the world always been evil? As as, as there been like, you were the son of the emperor. Um, did you know that the world was peaceful? Or were yeah, exactly. you just coddled? Yeah. Um, and that really deeply resonates with me like that's a really great basis for a story right yeah they, i um, mean there's a there's a couple of episodes which are about aku trying to convince people that things are better now with him in yeah. charge he tells um the the last series of the first episode which is one of my favorites is aku's fairy tales yeah, yeah where he, yeah. he twists all the tales of jack into making jack the villain and him the hero and it's so yeah. clever um <laughs> but they deal with like adult themes in a kid-friendly way like things like propaganda and slavery and like mistreatment of animals and every episode ends with this just really good feeling of like like we can change things if we try Mm. and i think that's really important that's really important like lessons for kids to learn yeah like um yeah but i you know like when he gets back is the world any better than it was yeah, when exactly. it was governed yeah. by a coup? It just, you know, he's single, he's dogged and determined. And what always strikes me is, are those characters that he made friends with, do they come to being if a coup is killed? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's... It's the, a tough the, one. Yeah, it's um like predestination paradox stuff. Yeah. You'd I hope mean, that, that they would. Yeah, you'd hope so, yeah. And there's a Samurai Jack game where you're able to get back into a um, alternate reality where Ashi is still alive. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Um, have but you I, read? I don't like that. Have you read any of the IDW comics? No, I haven't either. But they do look very, very good. <laughs> um, Just the I art like, on them. Well, I like IDW stuff in general. I think yeah, yeah, like yeah. their Turtles run is the best interpretation of the Turtles by a long shot. I mean, we've talked about it before on the on the show. Um, but the IDW Turtles is great. The IDW Transformers is good. Mm. The IDW uh, GI Joe is pretty good as well. Um, yeah, I just I would be interested in that. Yeah, it's um, Andy Suriano did did the art for it. He's um, mm. he did the Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics as well. Okay, so he's got like the um sort of Ninja Turtles art style. But yeah. Interesting. I mean, you've you've just done something terrible and introduced me to a new series that yeah. I'm going to have to read now. Well, at least it's 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 a complete series, so that is true. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder if they've done like a, a hardcover collection like they did with the turtles. Oh, you're going to have to see now. Yeah, I know. I know it's terrible. Um, this is genuinely one of my favourite cartoons of all time. It's up there with Batman the Animated Series. Mm. Um, there's just something about it that is just... I mean, it's not something about it. It's everything about it, in my yeah. opinion. It's so stylish. <laughs> like, yeah. I was watching um, thinking, God, this guy's cool. Yeah. Uh, and Phil Lamar, and um, it's, it's Mako, isn't it? The guy who does a coup. The guy who was yeah, yeah. General Iroh in um, Avatar. Um, just the best two voice actors. Yep. Like, yep. for cartoons, Phil Lamar is a legend. Like, he's he is, so yeah. great. Yeah. Um, really good Green Lantern as well. Um, but he's thoughtful and mm. he is uh, kind and gentle and all the things you don't really associate with, like, modern depictions of a samurai. You know, it's like, if there's a samurai film, it's about them fighting. But yeah. Samurai Jack's about much more than that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. This is... Um, it's as close to perfect as I think a cartoon can get, yeah, especially with yeah. especially with the Adult Swim stuff, um, which sort of changes the cartoon and how it's how it's viewed. Mm. I think if you go back, if you ended it without knowing, I think it would have been great. Yeah, but it's perfect after the Adult Swim. Uh, like yeah, finish. it's um, it's a very bittersweet ending. Yeah, but it's a good ending. I love bittersweet endings. I know you um, do. <laughs> I like those sort of like you can't have your cake and eat it, right? Yeah, yeah. You, it, it's all you've to to win something. You've got to lose something as well. The world yeah. doesn't work like that. You're not gonna like be handed a magic ticket and be a millionaire. You've got to like unless you know you do. That, yeah. that happens very rarely. Unless you Charlie uh, like, book it. Yeah, exactly. But even then, he had to go through like years and years of child trauma, right? Yeah, well, so, did you say years? I think it was only about eight. Well, eight years is still enough to do yeah. some serious damage. That's true. Yeah, uh, but then he gets to live in a live in a chocolate factory. That's true. And um, I mean, have with all slaves, with, so. with all the problems that come with that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would have loved like a you know like a fifteen years later. What happens? Yeah, him freeing, freeing yeah. the uh, <laughs> the like the chocolate the factory is Pumper just Lumpers. in in disarray because he's not a chocolatier he was a child <laughs> this is not the first thing about making chocolate he's, he's got on early diabetes yeah Those and Willy Wonka is off on a beach somewhere <laughs> sipping chocolate Mai Tais <laughs> chocolate Mai Tais <laughs> um, yeah I think it's perfect I think it's like I've been waiting to do Samurai Jack 
um, yeah. for a little while and like the obvious thing didn't come up for a little while oh let's just just do Tartakovsky cartoons <laughs> yeah. um but like it's just these two cartoons are so important so mm. so important like probably the two that pair together that are the like some of the most important to modern day animation mm, yeah 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 absolutely um yeah i think we've waxed lyrical quite a lot about them I think if you haven't seen them, I mean, it, it the highest recommendation for us. Yeah, uh, but be pre-warned that if you, if this is like the first time you're watching Samurai Jack, once you start watching it, you're not going to f- stop watching it until you've finished no, it. No, <laughs> it will be a binger. Yeah. It is yeah, it's doable, though, it. because there's like... God, like 13 episodes a yeah, season? Yeah, there's not much. There's there's enough that you, it would like tide you over. Oh, yeah, so you like can get 60, through it. Yeah. 60 or 60... Something. 60 something like episodes early yeah. 60s early 60s episodes um you can do it and they're they're only half an hour each if you're in the uk which i know a lot of uh, our listeners aren't it's free it's on the four more four app yeah it's great uh, isn't it? yeah because it was on yeah. adult swim although you 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 have breaks in there which i really yeah they are, the adverts are really annoying and, and really also long they don't title the episodes for some reason they're all no. just like series one episode two episode three like they don't give yeah. them names which like, that yeah. confused i had to google which ones i was watching it's annoying yeah it's, annoying. it's not it's not a very good app but no it's but there so. it's free. <laughs> yeah um and also samurai jack is out in a lovely uh steel book oh mm, the whole saga that's cool yeah is it um, like one no, like red and black and white it's got um, Aku's face on it. Ah, oh, that's cool. It's a steelbook with Aku's face. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's great. It's really, really good. I can't recommend it enough, really. Um, yeah, all right. That's that one. Uh, Shall we move on to emails? One, two, three, four. Cartoon, cartoon Fridays. Cartoon, cartoon Fridays. Cartoon, cartoon Fridays. What should we do next week? Have we got a theme next time? Um, I haven't thought of one. Do you want to call it? Well, how about we do Fox superheroes? Fox kids superheroes. Yeah, okay. Because we got X-Men and Spider-Man. I'm watching Spider-Man with Evan at the moment. Uh, I'm just going to put emails up. Bear with me. There's a bear with me. Bear with me. Um, So, yeah, I think Fox kids... Uh, superhero cartoons Def- different from Fox Kids in general mm, um, yeah, yeah. We, haven't, we haven't talked about superheroes in like about a minute so we'll talk <laughs> a- uh, I desperately want to talk about the X-Men cartoon because it is batshit insane I mean the greatest theme tune probably of all time probably um, 
I mean, there were kids who didn't know anything about X-Men. Yeah, but they uh, knew that. <laughs> they knew that. Um, I had but, a, um, a tour, I think I've said this before, I had an action figure of Gambit from the X-Men cartoon. Yeah, with we the should... brown plastic coat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. It, you know, the things that you remember from Gambit from the cartoon was he, yeah. he was a, a cocky bastard. He was sassy. Yeah. He, yeah. And he threw playing cards. Yeah. His action figure... You press a button on his back and he'd do a big kick. And that was all he did. <laughs> he had kicking action. At yeah. what point in the show did he ever kick anyone? I had, um, my dad got me the Beast, um, a specialty comic shop, because you couldn't get it, like, in the UK. Yeah. And when you, you used to be able to lock him down in a squat position, and when you flick the back, he used to do a backflip. Oh, that's cool. Jeez, that's so <laughs> that's cool. That's really cool. Um, I, had a, I had a wrestler who could do that, but I can't remember what wrestler it was. I think he might have been the Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> like... the, um, the wrestling figures were so good. Yeah, I've got loads of them. I never yeah. watched wrestling as a kid, but no. I had so many of the figures. The figures are great. I was yeah. very jealous of my friend Tom when I was young, um, who had all the WWE wrestling figures. Oh, I, had, I had a lot of them. I had a lot of them NWO figures as well. Oh, they're, they're still great. Like, they yeah. were made by the same provider, so... Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got my emails up. Ooh, uh, we've got an email here from friend of the show, Matthew Tusseroni. Hello, Matt. We talked yesterday. We did. Um, and it's titled Gendy Tartakovsky or Gendy Tartakovsky. We don't know. Mm. Hey, you're reaching smoothly. Gendy Tartakovsky was one of the first names I ever learned in animation and remember reading about Hotel Transylvania years before it actually came mm. out because yes, I was just doing course. an internet deep dive. It, Hotel Transylvania is good. I like Hotel yeah. Transylvania. It's a shame Adam Sandler is linked to it. The one thing that I strongly dislike about Hotel Transylvania, which has nothing to do with like the animation or anything like that, mm-hmm. I can't. I just can't get my head around the idea of Universal Monsters listening to LMFAO. Like it doesn't. Yeah. It, they they wouldn't. Yeah. They don't. They, yeah, don't, they wouldn't agree. be listening to the dance music. It's. Like I agree. The third Hotel Transylvania. I think it's the third one. It might be the fourth. I don't remember how many they made. Um, there's like four dance sequences in the entire movie. That's so weird. It's really weird. Like they just keep dancing constantly. It's like, also, calm who, down. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Clone Wars miniseries is one of my favourites by him, but Samurai yeah. Jack is still the best. I've never seen the Clone Wars series. It's really good. It's the intro it. of Aj- uh, Ajai Ventress. I know. Ajai? I, I think I might it. actually have Ventress. the movie on DVD, but I've still it's really watched good. it. It's really good. Yeah, I might give it a go at some point. I think it's all on Disney. I don't know. Mm. Um, also, you should watch Primal. It's so good. I haven't seen that one either. Oh, I haven't seen that. That's the 2019 one, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, the um, like the barbarian-looking guy. Mm. No, I'll try. I might watch that. Like, we could have watched that for Caveman. Yeah. Um, also, Gendy directed many of the episodes of the first two seasons of Powerpuff Girls, which is one of my all-time favourite cartoons. That's why. Yep. Did you know Powerpuff Girls was originally called Whoopass Stew, and the extra ingredient <laughs> that made the girls was a can of Whoopass? <laughs> that I is I did awful. know that because we watched it at university when we were talking uh, about Cartoon Network. That's just, that's stupid, but also it's really hilarious. dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I'm rambling. Looking forward to the show, Matthew. I mean, Matt's got good taste, so it doesn't surprise me that he likes uh, Samurai Jack. And he's a big um, uh, Asian cinema 
uh, fan, yeah. you should go and listen to his podcast, which is called, I always get this confused, it's called Heroes 3. Yes. Um, I always want to call it the other thing because of the Thor sidekicks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's called Heroes 3, and it's really good. Uh, the last one I listened to was the TMNT episode, and it was ace. It was so um, good. You should listen to the Godzilla episodes they've been doing, because they're really good. Oh, I haven't. Had, the thing is, and this will be unsurprising to anyone, especially you, when you do <laughs> podcasts, you don't have you don't time listen to, to a, listen yeah. to podcasts anymore. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, this one is from Cosmic Dread, who um, Hello, Cosmic Dread. actually gave us the idea for this episode. I did. Howdy, hounds. I was Hello. super stoked to hear you pick my topic, and since at time of rising the episode hasn't been recorded, I'm even more stoked to hear what fun tidbits you have to offer. I don't mm-hmm. know a tremendous amount about the man himself, but his cartoons were a staple in my house to this day. Mm-hmm. I remember when Dexter's Lab first appeared on Cartoon Network, after the big vote for which shorts would devour all others and become a full series. Some calling vote that I definitely asked my parents before calling. Wink. <laughs> See, I remember, this might be like a false memory because it was so long ago and I was like five years old. Mm. I remember the calling voting for what was going to be the new cartoon happening here, like in, in the UK. Like I remember it being yeah. a thing. But they I, did it worldwide, didn't they? I just really strongly doubt that our votes made any votes counted. Yeah, because like, I think they would have just done the US. It was a worldwide campaign. Yeah, in, but it, the timelines don't match up, really, do they? No, they don't. No, like I think it was a bit of a fake. Because I remember mm. there was a, like, a between show. There was like a magazine show that they did where mm. Johnny Bravo was hosting a show, and it was like a call-in thing, and people would call in to say like, "Oh, I want to see more Billy and Mandy." And it would be like they were voting for it. But I don't think it made any difference. I don't think it was real. But maybe if anybody listening was involved in the, <laughs> the votes for Dexter's <laughs> Lab in 1995, get in contact and let me know. Mm. Um, I will say one thing that I didn't, in, uh, didn't say. So many episodes are about enslavement. Yeah. And Tartakovsky uh, was Jewish. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them was about like, you know, it's the Superman analogue, isn't it? Yeah, of, you know, yeah. saviour to come and free people who are enslaved or oppressed. Yes. Um, so if you didn't know why he was doing that all the time, uh, well, also, he's a good guy. Yeah, so, good you know, guy, why, yeah. would you, why wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah. Um, but yeah. But, um, although, didn't most of them go on to be full series anyway? Anyway, Dexter always had a sort of grown-up charm that I couldn't put my prepubescent finger on. And no, it wasn't just Asian honeydew. Remember Agent Honeydew in the monkey? Yeah, I do. That haircut, iconic. (laughs) That being said, the features like Dial M for Monkey and Justice Friends were such amazing nuggets inside an already amazing show. They actually looked forward to them more than the cartoon proper. The Rasslor episode will will forever be burned into my brain as pure cartoon bliss. That's a good one. Do you remember? There's a Dial M for Monkey episode where there's like, I think it's a gorilla who is trying to take over the world. And Monkey just offers him a banana and it makes him cry and he stops being a villain. No. It's a really good one. He just like holds up a banana to him and he's like, this is the first time anybody has ever offered me anything. <laughs> it's a really good one. I don't know how Dialing for Monkey wasn't optioned for its own series. Like no, how it, it didn't have a spin off. Just his friend should have as well should have as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. I always liked um the uh, there was like a bullet shaped guy in 
Justice Friends. Kind of mm. like, gold, like mm. the golden bullet or something. But it was just a guy shaped like a bullet that they would fire out of a cannon at the enemy. <laughs> Great. <laughs> do you do you know the um, Quackor? Do you remember Quackor from yeah, Darling? Yeah, Mandark stuck. Yeah. Um, she is a girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they get together and fall in love. <laughs> yeah. But she's voiced by Squid Ludwig Fact of the Week, Frank Welker. <laughs> wow. See, everything clicks. Uh, fast forward to adulthood, and I'm still blown away by Samurai Jack. The mm. art, the acting, the music, not a thing yeah. I don't love. Jack was a comfort zone for me if I ever became overwhelmed with classes and people, etc. The striking shapes, the stark colours, but slow, subtle storytelling as some sort of top-tier anti-anxiety medication for mm. me. I'm not a great wordsman, but you get the picture. No, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah, I do as well. I yeah. completely agree. I think there are those shows that are um, almost absorbing in their lack of dialogue and mm. like abundance of atmosphere, and you're just like, this is so relaxing. Yeah, like, even yeah. though it can still be tense, it's so relaxing to just sit and immerse yourself in it. It almost feels like you're getting absorbed by the colours, which yeah. is like a really weird thing to say, but I, you understand what I mean. Yeah, I did like maximum watching TV relaxation while I was watching Samurai Jack because I started yeah. playing a Sudoku puzzle on my phone. Yeah. Well, that's... <laughs> so, uh, well, thanks for being dope dogs and hunky hounds. Back to lurk in the Discord. Thank you very much. That's a great email. This one is from... Uh, yeah, <laughs> this one's from Thomas. And it's titled, Oh No, He Yabba Dabba Didn't. <laughs> great flip book of Breva... Oh, I can't speak. That's a hard one. Great flip book of Bieber... Be- Great flip book of Beaver Brook. It's the Toon Hounds. I feel like that was on purpose to try to catch me out. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> Love the respect the Flintstones got from you all last week. Can't mm. say I was a huge fan of them, but they were such a milestone in Western animation. <laughs> well done. Ba-na-ba-ba-na-ba. That was good. I like that. <laughs> they set the animated precedent of dumb, schlubby guy married to attractive lady and he keeps getting different jobs. I think I remember Wilma being smarter than Fred too. It's funny how they're ripping off the Honeymooners. Then the Simpsons and Family Guy ripped the Flintstones off. Fred's voice was slash is a bit unnerving to me as his non, non-rotic... Is that a word non-rotic? R-H-O-T-I-C. Rotic? Hmm. News to me. I don't know that word. I think you've made that word up. I don't believe it's real. We're, we, we're <laughs> English. We invented the language. So the language of English. Yeah. Which definitely isn't stolen from every other language on earth. <laughs> no, no steals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, non-rhotic, gruff, northeastern American accent sounded like most of the adult men in my life. Especially the Pruity Pebbles commercials where he'd yell, Party! Um, I'm going to interrupt you, Spiffsy. Non-rhotic, relating yep. to or denoting a dialect of English, such as, such as standard British English, in which the R is pronounced in Prevocalic position Ooh. only. Ooh. That's I'm a ten dollar word. Still. No, I don't know what that means. Barney. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like I was being yelled at. I love the live action movies too. Yes, even yeah. Rock Vegas. 90s colour schemes worked well for Bedrock, and I still feel nostalgic for the McDonald's toys. Mm-hmm. I think Rosie O'Donnell got to be Betty because she could do the laugh. Oh, there's a fact for you. I mean, that's not enough of a reason. Not though. really. We admit that, right? Uh, I didn't know a thing about Flint, but your comments on anime westernising names and various things for dubs reminds me of how I could not convince my sister that Pokemon was Japanese because <laughs> the dub referred to bacon double cheeseburgers and donuts that were clearly rice balls. <laughs> I remember that, where they'd always talk about jelly donuts and it was yeah. clearly rice. 
That yeah. confused me as a kid because I didn't really know what a rice ball was. <laughs> Mind you, she's older and an accomplished professor now, and all my smarts went into cartoon trivia. I mean, who's the real winner, right? Yeah, exactly. I agree that Pokemon has the advantage on Digimon due to evolutions and character development being permanent. Also, I could never get past their names all ending in Mon or the stupid theme song. What the hell are all the Digital Monsters champions of? They're just champions. They are the champions. They're not champions of a thing. They're just in general champions. (laughs) And they change into Digital Monsters to save the digital world. Mm. I like how you said that. It's exactly the same. (laughs) World. World. As they're digital, can you just turn them off or take out the battery? No, they live in in cyberspace. Jeez, it's like these people have never watched Digimon before. <laughs> Time slows in the digital world. <laughs> it's like Narnia. You've set him off on something. I saw a thing on Tumblr the other day that made me laugh. Say that um, when the kids from Narnia came, like from the first Narnia book went in and they lived there for like 70 years and they mm-hmm. came back out and they were kids again. At any point, was there like just some random centaur or something stumbled across the wardrobe, stuck his head in and had a look around, then came back in and it'd been like 6,000 years. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. His body's aged, but <laughs> yeah. his head is still youthful. Yeah. Uh, that Tamagotchi knockoff is dumber as a concept than animals who can maul you unless you tame them. And then you can use aliens, dinosaurs, and literally God in a cockfight. <laughs> I mean, he's got a point. He's got a point, yeah. Now, finally, on to Gendy Tartakovsky. Dexter's Lab was my gateway to Cartoon Network, along with Johnny Bravo, and it was a huge favourite. I like the there use of the go. word gateway. Gateway drug, network. yeah. <laughs> uh, Dex's enthusiasm for science and each character's unique attributes, including the sound effects for how they walked, were so endearing. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Dex was a genius, but would sometimes get hoisted by his own hubris and join the mm. continuum of cartoon falls. In true 90s fashion, Dexter had to have a middle segment with characters who nobody cared about, but the monkey grew on me. And of course, he's voiced by none other than Frank Welker. <laughs> Some of the ones I remember most are the family ones, like when they go to dinner and Dexter helps his dad with arm wrestling, or when yeah, they all combine robots to form a mecha. That's a good that's, one, the Voltron episode. This was around the end of the first run. I never really was invested when they brought it back and his, his original voice actor, Christine Kavanagh, retired. Do you guys mm. have any latter episode recommendations? Um, the one that we watched, because it's worth watching. Oh my and God, I did. What was the one I said? There is a musicals episode. The, the Japan episode. With yeah. With yeah. DD turning into... Uh, them unrele- unwittingly releasing a monster, not the DD yeah, yeah. turning into yeah. a monster one. Yeah, there's, a, there's an episode where uh, Dexter wins a... It's like a Willy Wonka thing where he wins a golden ticket to go to this scientist's lab and the whole thing is done in musical. It's like a they did like a full half hour episode of it. That's cool. And it was a it was a proper person, like a proper singer, but I can't remember who he was. You know the little guy, the um blonde, and he's like five foot two. No. Uh, I think if you saw a picture of him, you would think, Oh yeah. <laughs> Ollie, Mer- think Ollie Murs. Ollie Murs, yeah, it was Ollie Murs. <laughs> <laughs> I still have a magnet I got in the mail with Dexter on it. It came with two other cartoons. I don't remember which. Promoting the new primetime cartoons. Wow. He's um, put a picture of the um, the magnet, which just says Dexter's Laboratory Cartoon now at 9pm Eastern Wednesdays. That's cool. Yeah. I um, I There is a, um, a few Dexter's Lab and Samurai Jack pins that I want, because mm. um, it would be a pin whore. Um, yeah, and I'm trying to get... 
I've got um, somewhere in my mess of a room, I've got a tiny, tiny vinyl figurine of Dexter that I got attached to the front of a comic book in the 90s. Mm. Like a pencil topper when they did have Cartoon Network magazines. Oh, I've got cool. I've got lots of random little pieces of 90s Hanna-Barbera merchandise. Like I've got a uh, cowing chicken as well and a super oh, cow cool. from that. Yeah. Mostly um, pencil toppers because it was, you know, the front of a magazine. So they weren't going to go completely all out. Yeah. Well, also pencil toppers are really easy to make. Yeah. You know, you've got a mould, you just mould it round the original pencil topper mould, right? Yeah. Yeah. I also liked Samurai Jack quite a bit. I think my favourite was the one where he worked with the dog archaeologists to fight the beetle drones. That was the one I was other one I was going to pick. Was it really? That's fine. Yeah, that's the <laughs> that's the end of the pilot episode. It's like the last <laughs> one of the three. It's really great. The whole episode is silent. That's cool. I also like the original Clone Wars micro series. General mm. Grievous was actually an imposing villain with a cool voice. Why yeah. didn't Lucas use that for episode three? Because he's a dick. He was a weird man. Yeah, he couldn't admit he was wrong about no. things. Yeah. Then that's the um, biggest problem. Why, why don't we make a General Grievous sound like a... <laughs> an asthmatic? <laughs> yeah, that's my impression of George Lucas. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when his neck got really big? That was weird. Like a Cardassian. Yeah. Well, my time slots over. TNT follows shortly. Thank you, Thomas. That was a good email. That was good. Uh, we've got an email here from Squid Ludwig. Squid! Squid! <laughs> <laughs> Long last night in distant America, I, Squid Ludwig, the emailing master of emails, unleashed an unspeakable email, but a couple of hosts wielding a microphone stepped forth <laughs> to amuse me. Before the sign-off was said, I tore open a document for time and flung them into the reading where my email is long. Now the fool seek to escape the task and undo the time-sucking that is Aku. <laughs> hey there, Toonhounds. Hound dog hound. I could wick, I could wick. <laughs> Oh man, Samurai Jack. It's Samurai Jack. I could go on for hours about my favourite cartoon, but mm. I won't. I'll just say it's great to see a cartoon that approaches storyboarding and animating as if directing cin- cinematography in an old Kurosawa yeah. film, but also knows how to balance that with a cartoon sense of humour. It, yeah, it. He te- he's got so many influences. He's just like a- he's a genius. Yeah, it's yeah. the it's those people who can write things that are have those multi influences that are the really good writers mm, because you're yeah. you're creating something new from something old, right? Like yeah. that's the best way to be because you don't ever create something new, really. That's the no, depressing no. thing yeah. about writing. Yeah, everybody um, is just um, recreating Homestuck. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, blah, 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 blah. And it's got an got around standards and practices by pitting a samurai against robots and monsters in plenty yeah. of cleverly choreographed violence. Mm, that's what we want. You couldn't have picked better episodes if you tried, Hounds. Well, maybe yeah. the ninja one where Jack fights in black and white and you can only see that's the characters great. when they move across the opposite colours as they fight. That's very good. Yeah, very creative you, use of colours and choreography. Do you, remember the, um, do you remember the NX episode, the one with the robot who's in a, a noir character? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do, yeah. I, yeah. I was going to pick that one just because I know you would have loved it, but yeah. then I was like, 
There's too many. I could have picked 100 episodes. Yeah, we could have done the entire but series. I couldn't have picked 100 we? episodes. 62 episodes is what I could have picked. <laughs> or the one with the five bounty hunters pitching plans for how they'd best Jack and then team yeah. up and lay in wait to ambush. Jack that, o- wait to ambush Jack only for the whole fight to happen in the time of a water droplet falling off an icicle to the ground. The um, That is a very, very similar episode to Almost Got Him, the Batman animated episode oh, where yeah. they're all around yeah. the poker table. Yeah, we did that one for, the for, um, yeah. for this, didn't we? Yeah. Um, oh, it's uh, the, the Spooky Zombies one or the Very Sad Noir Robot one. There you go. Yeah. It's or the one episode. with Aku's Origin that won Emmy Awards. There are mm. so many good episodes and I could talk about all of them. There's one where Jack's monk friend from the past is still alive because he became a tree. Weird, that yeah, one. Yeah, that one's like, great. Um, What's that guy's name in, um, is it Howard Horace in um, Fallout 3? Oh, I don't know. But he I turns into a tree. He's, the, the ghoul. he's not even a ghoul. I think he's like a, um, oh, what, they, what do they call them? EF, EMVs? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's like accelerated mutant virus or something, but he becomes oh, a tree. okay. Yeah, and uh, it, um, he's, he gets like a branch in his head and you meet him in the first Fallout game and then he's got like a branch sticking out of his head. And then you meet him again in Fallout 2 and the branch is bigger. And when you find him in Fallout 3, he's an entire tree. Like, and he calls the tree Bob and he has like a psychic link to all of the other flowers in the forest because he's like connected by the roots. That's it's really cool. good. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of Mimir from God of War. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Because he's, he's like put into the tree, isn't he? Yeah, and he then is, yeah. when they pull his head off, he's still connected to the world's tree. So yeah. he knows more than he should. I like it. Mimi's Mimi's a good character. Um, I'd recommend any episode, really. Even the not amazingly great episodes are really still pretty good. It's a great show all round. Animation, music, culture, and even the voice acting. Though I've never seen a cartoon that could stand so well on visual storytelling and very little dialogue until Wally did that. Mm, That's a good point. Like That Mm. first half hour of Wally is silent. Yeah, it's great, though. Yeah. Wally's one of my favourites out of Pixar. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm yeah. not the biggest Pixar fan. Like, they, I'm not enamoured with them when people say, like, oh, the Toy Story, like, you know, drove me to tears and all this. It's like, I mean, it's all right, but I do I, like um, Wally. I can see Toy Story's good as a sort of brancher, right? I think yeah. Toy Story 3 is great. I genuinely yeah. think Toy Story 3 is great. And I think, like, the ending of that film, not the happy ending, the bit where the toys all accept their fate and are just going <laughs> yeah. to go into the junk I'm not surprised you like that bit. <laughs> but, but that is really harrowing. That is, it like, is, yeah. that, that got me, like, really anxious in the cinema in a way that I hadn't been anxious for a long time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, yeah, Toy Story is okay. Yeah, Pixar's fine. They're like, yeah, whatever. Sorry. They play it safe too much. That's yeah, my do. problem yeah. with it. And Wally also, was something different. Everything they're making these days looks the same. Like they, yeah, they've, like they've homogenized their art style, and I think it's a bit boring. Elemental is exactly the same as Inside Out. Yeah, it's just the same thing. Like, yeah, I mean, do something else. It's always just they don't care. Like they used to be like joke about like thing, but alive. Like, yeah. oh, they're cars, but they're alive. They're toys, but they're alive. They're fish, but they're alive. Yeah, and it's gotten tropey now yeah, like they've done it yeah. too many times <laughs> and they're they're using like metaphysical uh states as alive yeah. like emotions yeah. but alive elements as alive like soon we're gonna have like equations but alive oh don't give them any ideas it'd be like numbers yeah number people all the yeah. all the evens can't mix with the odds we just <laughs> oh, <do> god yeah <laughs> but there are primes and they're the ruling cast yeah 
Uh, and then 21's hey. there, and he's a, a prime <laughs> number and a triangle number and a square or whatever it is. The three is the uh, one that can do magic, and the seven yeah. is the lucky number. Stop, we're making a Pixar movie. I don't want to do this. <laughs> um, Frank, Phil, Frank Welker, fun fact of the week, another one, goes to Powerpuff Girls. He did voices in that. He did? Samurai Jack had Phil Lamar. Before you mm. knew him as Hermes on Futurama, he was Green Lantern and Samurai Jack and on Mad TV and getting his head blown off in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Samurai Jack also had the great Mac, Ma- is it Mako? Mako, isn't it? Mako. As, a- as Aku. Mako? I don't really know. I've I, always I, don't think I've, um, I don't think I've ever heard it said out loud. I always pr- uh, pronounce um, Japanese names with hard consonants. So yeah. I always presumed it was Mako. It probably is, yeah. <clears throat> what an iconic voice. It's really too bad he passed away before they brought the show back for a fifth season. Uh, Greg, whatever his name is, James, does really well, though. Isn't he from co- Radio 1? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> let, me, let me find out. Yeah, he does a really good job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's um, it's um, no. I think it's noticeably not him, but it's passable. It's, um, Greg Baldwin? Greg Baldwin? Could be. Greg Belanti, uh, the guy who made Two and a Half Men. Yeah, he was the voice double <laughs> for the late Mako Iwa, Iwamatsu. Yeah. Iwamatsu. Iwamatsu. Yeah. Um, the replacement is a passive attempt, but man, you just can't replace a voice that unique. Shame. No. The fifth season was pretty great, if you haven't seen it. I definitely recommend doing so. Then again, I recommend watching the whole show. It's yeah. so good. I'm so happy you guys finally did an episode on it, and I'm so glad you like it. That would have been awkward I mean, if we didn't, wouldn't it? Yeah, not just like <laughs> it, absolutely love it. Like, yeah. it's genuinely one of my favourite things in the world. Uh, well, it's time for me to sleep like a blind archer released from an eons-long curse. <laughs> I've got work tomorrow. They keep me busy doing electrical for Two Down Tower now, so time to jump good out of here. I like the... Um, we've not managed to establish some kind of law <laughs> for Two Downs. Yeah, what's me? She's our creative consultant. Yeah, she works in the like the um the bellows of the t- of the tower, like in the uh, underground where there's no windows and stuff. Someone needs to uh, work on the top and get the toon signal yeah. going. Yeah, I imagine that uh, toon towers is kind of like one of the more wobbly towers from Mickey Mouse cartoons. Yeah, where whenever something's going on, there'll be like um, lines coming out because when we're recording. And the tower's like bouncing back and forth. And there's a huge radio tower on the top, which is sending out like electrical signals. Like it's the, it's, a, it's not an, act, an actual castle, but you know, like in Sword in the Stone, where uh, the castle is blowing <laughs> yeah. in the wind and almost falling down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, licensed canine of animation, responsible for zapping your skeleton visible, Squid Ludwig. <laughs> Samurai Jack end credit sound. Wacha! Thank you for that email. Yeah, thanks, bud. That was good. Um, we've got one last email from v. from V. Of course, from it's. the V's. From the V. This episode is a case of the Gendys, like genders, but Gendys can't cost. Well done, uh, well done. Rich is laughing, but in that nervous, oh, yeah. oh no, I have to deal with this idiot for ten minutes. <laughs> Why is your head in your hands already, Rich? What's wrong, huh? Ooh, look at that cloud. It's um, uh, that was that got a nod of approval. That was a good <laughs> one. Gosh, another episode of Toon Hounds. I better get up to the Toon Recording Studio. Here I go. Wow, I'm getting in the Toon Lift now. Up I go. Ding. Ooh, look, you can see my little corgi ears go past the window of the Toon Hounds <laughs> recording room. 
Bark, 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 snort out of me. <laughs> it's me, V, resident researcher and court mandated girl one for Toon Towers. <laughs> we never like established any of this. Look, this is just yeah. Like, keep going with it. It's fine. <laughs> well, it's people just me. decided that we have all of this law. Um, like she's it, a though. pink corgi. Yeah. Yeah. She has to be pink because that's all that happened in 80s cartoons. <laughs> oh, she's With RC. She's the Transformer. Uh, she must be pink. Yeah. Uh, they're, a ki- they're a Transformer kids? Wait, how does that work with only one female? <laughs> wow, Houncers, you finally picked two good things that people have heard of. <laughs> Maybe this is a Toon Hounds first. We've done it before. We've done it before. Everybody knew what Fish Place was. Um, everyone knew what... Oh, no, Animals Far From With. No, they didn't. No, they didn't know that one. They should have known. Yeah, they should have, yeah. If they had a real childhood full of trauma and pain. Full of trauma and... Yeah. <laughs> Even more so, I actually watched every episode listed for this collection this week. Thanks, Channel 4 and Suspicious Dexter's Lab fan site. Five <laughs> suggestions down on Google. Wink. <laughs> Do you know where I watched the um, Beard to be Feared episode of, of Dexter's Lab? Dexter'slab.ra.com CP. I, I watched it on iFunny.co. <laughs> Somebody oh, uploaded wow. it as like a meme. But it was I, the entire um, episode. I watched, I can't remember what it was. I think it was Captain Scarlet on Daily Motion. Yeah, I watched a lot of stuff on Daily Motion. And it was like, I haven't seen I've watched Daily Motion for ages. Yeah. Since the early days of the internet. Yeah. Daily Motion used to have porn on it back in the day. I didn't see any of that, unfortunately. <laughs> I was too busy on assignment. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't really remember what happened on Samurai Jack. I remember Jack being a samurai and a coup. But him and the evil mask from Crash Bandicoot, Uka Uka, <laughs> occupy the same space in my head. Aku Aku. So when Samurai Jack fell through a nether portal to the future and the show was a dystopia sci-fi future, I was all, oh, this show just did everything all at once. It's yep. really handy. The opening tells you the premise and then sings you the plot setup. <laughs> yep. Yep. Neat, neat, st- <laughs> neat storytelling. Yeah. Three Blind Arches is a real rich-ass episode. It goes all arty-farty for a couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. It did make me smile in the opening scene with the robot army. Nothing really moves apart from looped walked, walk, walked cycles and animation mm-hmm. cells bouncing up and down. There was even vaguely jackal-like furries. The animation wasn't bad. It really picked up in Jack Learns to Jump Good, which is the actual episode title, not Spivsy forgetting and just saying the main plot point, which is what I thought you did. Oops, sorry. That's fair. That's I fair. like she's Tribe. Got, she's got he number. jumps good. Yeah, yeah, she's got our number. <laughs> I like Tribe. He jumps good. No girl ones in these episodes. Samurai right. Jack sure does look like Professor Utonium. Um, they're in the episode before this. Yeah. Uh, Aku pretends to be a woman warrior. Yes. Um, because yeah. Aku is he's called he, but there's like strong. There's always been a rumor that Aku is genderless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's just like malevolence. Mm. So, uh, but he pretends say, to be a though, woman. The the woman he pretends to be pretty hot. Yep. And yep. when he turns, when he gives his power away to create. Um, uh, people to fight for him. They're always the daughters of Aku. Yeah, it's, he never he never gives his power to male characters. I don't think. So maybe that means something. Maybe. <laughs> I do remember Dexter's lab. It's probably one of the things that made me pursue science. I can't mm. get enough of Dexter's voice in this show because it's so funny. <laughs> this is a show full of Rick Dalton, Leo DiCaprio pointing at the TV gif moments for voice actors. There wasn't much Dee Dee in either of these. What a manic Genki girl she is. 
<laughs> no Dex's mom either and a ridiculous dump truck ass. <laughs> oh, I mean, in the beard to be feared one, she's, yeah. she's pretty hefty. She's <laughs> a dragging a wagon in that episode. Boobs are illegal, but you can have as much ass as you want on a cartoon because butts yeah, are funny. that's weird. I think everyone remembers Beard to be fit. It's like that one in the cheese omelette one of the episodes people know. <laughs> <laughs> Lab on the run, which is three robots on a jolly romp for seven minutes. They try to have sex with a car. They play a song. Dexter shows up in a Gundam to take them home. A classic Spivsy thing. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, yeah, that's a fair point. Anyway, Toonhounds, I got a tool-off. Those plants in the break room won't water themselves. That's only on the premium model. Did you see Squid's dog sona? They sure go bork. Have you seen his dog sona? He's been posting it in the Discord every so often. I we saw see. one. He's got a dog I now. Think. I think That's good. Na- Everyone should have yeah, a dog. I think Nate bit drew it. Oh, Nate! Nate's great. Nate uh, Nate coloured my uh, Omniverse piece. Did you oh, see yeah, that it? was cool. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Yeah, um, those new episodes of Future Armor sure are mid at best. Oh yeah, they are, aren't they? I, don't, I wouldn't oh, even describe them as mid. Yeah. I think they're awful. Yeah, the last I didn't mind the second one. I didn't mind the one with the kids, even though mm. it doesn't make any sense because apparently yeah. twenty three years has passed, but everybody looks exactly the same. And yeah. Hermes's son hasn't aged, which yeah, yeah, I did, and they're never going to mention him again. So it's no. a completely pointless episode. But the newest one out at the time of recording, the uh, cryptocurrency one, was terrible, like yeah. genuinely awful. That it wasn't funny at all. So dated immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I didn't understand it. If I'm honest, no, I don't no. understand the why bring it back if you're going to do something so poor. Yeah, really weird. Anyway, two nouns. Got a toodle off. I've read, I've read that bit already. Bark, bark, bark. Toodles. V. P.S. Well done, Rich, for doing all that story lords for a year, and well done, Spivzy, for getting like thirty-four thousand views on your fanfics on whichever website it was. Aww. This is genuinely my favourite podcast. Ah, thanks, V. <laughs> PPS my favourite Two Nouns moment is the genuine terror in Rich's voice when Spivzy said I was 14 and he totally bought it <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's fair yeah yeah I think that's fair I was like oh my god I've been bullying a child oh, no. I mean I do that regularly on a day to day basis with yeah, my own yeah. son yeah. but he's mine and he can't you know yeah, he can't say anything about the police it, yeah. yet yeah yet <laughs> yet I mean there will come a day when he definitely yeah. does for fun <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you did um, get him in the back of a police van. So. I did. I put him in the back of a police van. <laughs> it was deserved. Yeah, it's always deserved. Anyway, um, that's what I, I really was. Have. I was telling him this week because he's got this thing that all boys get, which I detest, and I don't want him to become a toxic man about mm. who does things the fastest, who's the strongest. Oh, and yeah. I, I had sat him down and had a talk with him <laughs> that my wife said was borderline cruel because <laughs> I told him that he'd never be the fastest he'd never be the strongest he'd never be the weakest he'd never be the stupidest there's always someone who is better or worse than him at yep. every single thing he will ever do and my wife was like that is a that is a big lesson to teach a five year old kid and I was like <laughs> I don't want him constantly telling me that he's eaten his dinner before me so he is the best well I mean you, you do this but You'll be eating your words when he's like 35 and winning World's Strongest Man competition on Channel 5. If he does uh, that. The guy from Red Dwarf narrated. (laughs) If he does that, I'm perfectly happy in the way that my challenge to him has gone. (laughs) Yeah, you should have. It was like an anime challenge. (laughs) 
<laughs> like when Master Roshi beats up uh, Goku and Krillin so they don't get so they know that somebody else is going to be better than them so they'll train yeah. harder yeah yeah that's exactly what I'm fine with it if that's what he wants to take from it but like kids are obnoxious like that whole my dad can beat up your dad if he ever says that I'm like I'm going to go and I'm going to be telling the kids I can't beat up anyone he's <laughs> he's fibbing to you yeah. I can't beat up anyone I'm my terrible dad, at my fighting my dad will beat up you and <laughs> then you've got to go yeah. down and beat all these five year olds <laughs> uh, yeah fine if he does that I can go and tell the kids that oh yeah I would beat him up yeah yeah but, I mean I, could, I think I could take on a five year old yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah, <laughs> That's the highest praise I've given on yeah. the podcast. <laughs> we can beat up kids. Yeah, easily. Yeah. On that note. On that note. Um, <laughs> thanks for all the emails, guys. If you want to email us, you can go to toonhounds at gmail.com and just tell us about what you're watching at the moment. We are doing X-Men and... Um, I don't know. I mean, I would like to do Spider-Man, but... Yeah, the the Peter Parker, the, the P- yeah. 1990s yeah. one. Yeah, I think it's I'll really do that good. One. Yeah, it's, you know what? Spider Man's better than X Men. I'm just gonna yeah. say that up front. Um, in terms of the cartoon, X Men is weird. The way they <laughs> set certain <laughs> things up is so weird, and they bastardise um, stories. I'll will find uh, either a Morbius episode or a Hydro Man episode because those ones I remember <laughs> the most. Morbius. <laughs> oh, I remember Morbius with his green waistcoat jacket <laughs> <Yeah>. thing. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, we're doing Spider-Man and X-Men. Uh, there is no way that we won't get at least three emails about the, the uh, theme tune of Spider-Man. Because Spider-Man's yeah. like an acid trip, yeah. that theme Spider-Man, tune. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Yeah, and, and the a- X-Men one is like the best theme tune that there's yeah. ever been. In I mean, they still use it now, don't they? Yeah. For no um, reason, because still it's been like seven years and they still haven't introduced the X-Men, and they're well, never going to. <laughs> they used it in Multiverse of Madness. They used yep. it in uh, Miss Marvel. Yep. It's like, what are they doing? Come on. Um, anyway, uh, so we'll do that next time. If you want to support the show um, by doing more than listening, you can go to patreon.com slash Toonhounds. Gee, yeah. I said, nearly said the Jeez. wrong link there. Um, and uh, for as little as, oh, I think it's a pound, isn't it? Yeah, it's a pound, yeah. Pound a, a pound. month, you can support us, and we use that to like pay for hosting and stuff like yeah. that. So um, I use a yeah, bit of it to buy a new microphone. So there you go. There you go. So, um, yeah, that would be great. So if you want to support the show, you can do that. If not, you can just listen. It's absolutely fine with us. Um, although, be a patron. Come on. Do do a bro a favour. Do two bros a favour. Um, so we will see you in two weeks for more Toon Revelry. Hooray. Be kind to each other. Uh, be kind to yourselves. And just, you know, try not to stress too much because it's be a horrible, horrible kind of cool. Yeah, be kind to each other, be kind to yourself, and be kind of cool. What a sign off. Right, and we'll see you in two weeks. Uh, bye bye. Bye 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 bye.